Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Cook With Me by Alex Gornichelli. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? Goddamn snow. We've had like two feet of snow in the past week in Chicago, and it's snowing again. Yep. I can't even get down the alley. No. I got stuck in the alley last we, week. We've had to park in the front. Welcome and- to Car Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that podcast. I know. They were kind of innovators. They were. I think, well, no, it wasn't a podcast. It was a radio show. Well, it was like the precursor to a podcast. Yeah. Then I think it turned into a podcast, didn't it? Click and clack. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't, I mean, maybe they had a companion. Man, we're going off on a tangent. Yeah, we are. Okay. Um. All right. (laughs) Welcome to Tasty Pages, episode 29, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Um, We'll get a few things out of the way here. If you go to our website and click the store tab at wecookbooks.com, you'll see our amazon.com affiliate page. It will take you to the list of kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as our recommended cookbooks. You can make a purchase from either list, and it doesn't cost you anything more. Best of all, we get a little bit in return. It's a great way to support what we do, and we definitely appreciate it. So thanks to everyone that's been doing that. Um, What do you want to talk about first? What we just finished? Yes. All right. So we just finished East by Minnesota. Um, And it's it's a book that has been recommended to us. Showed up on many year-end lists. Mm -hmm. Like people on Instagram would be like, Have you tried this this book yet? And we're like, No. And we finally finally got it. Finally got our greedy little paws on it. And it was worth it. Everything we've cooked from it so far has been lovely and to, tonight is our last, our last. Uh, we dish have two more it. dishes. Oh, we there's do. A, there's a fried tofu dish too, in addition oh. to what we're making tonight. You want to talk about what we're making tonight? Tonight we are making a leek mushroom and kale su- kale subji, which is, I guess it's billed as an Indian stir fry type. Yes, situation. that's how it was described in the book. Um, we've been eating so much tofu this week. I know. It's funny because today, I mean, I'm I'm fine. I like I'm totally fine living that vegetarian lifestyle for yep. the most part. But earlier this morning I was like I need some like meat. <laughs> like I just want a really big steak. And I also think it could be because it's been so cold out and Yes. I just feel like I need some fuel. Your inner cave woman mm-hmm. is coming out. Yes. We'll get that steak sometime this week. Okay. And then I'll Promise. Eat, I'll eat shrimp. Yes. Or something. There we go. All right. That's a good compromise, Balmer. What do we got next? Uh, you talk about what we're going to do next. Uh, I think we're going to do Istanbul and Beyond by Robin Eckhart. We were sent that book recently, and we've been kind of paging through it. And it's really lovely. Yeah, getting some it's inspiration. A, it's so really lovely. Our next destination is Turkey, apparently. Oh, oh it's Turkey. Turkey. <laughs> I don't really like Turkey that much. The food, not the place. Yes. Um, actually, we were going to do this book before East, but we got East from the library. So we're like, well, we should get on that. Since- I think the library is probably my favorite berry. <laughs> <laughs> Since you bring it up. Wah, wah. Okay, dad joke. Yeah, that's it's uh, I think that's something that 
people often overlook is make use of your local library uh, for when it comes to cookbooks. It's a great way to sample things without you know committing to buy them when you don't know if you're going to like them or not. Yeah, there's no bigger bummer when I mean cookbooks are expensive when they, you're dropping like thirty five to fifty bucks on, books on a bucks on a <laughs> cookbook. And then you just walk away from it kind of like, or you look through it and then you don't put it, you know, you put it on your shelf and then you never pick it up again. We're all about eliminating clutter. We've been trying to do that as much as possible in our lives. Um, And we kind of purged our cookbook collection not too long ago. And I think we could do more. But yes, uh, the library is a great resource. Or, you know, if you do the ebook thing, we've kind of held off on, on, featuring ebooks on our feed just because we want like a physical copy to hold and get tomato stains on and stuff. See, I just, I just (laughs) think the idea of bringing my iPad into the kitchen is probably a recipe for disaster. Absolutely is because I know myself. All right. Well, uh, I have a, something to mention because it was just a conversation we were having earlier. But uh, I was today years old when I learned that it's easier to peel a banana from the bottom instead of the top. And who did you learn that from? <laughs> from my smart, beautiful <laughs> wife. It's okay. I learned it from the internet. Yeah. How did I not know that? I, I, I struggle know. with opening bananas. Well, it's, how, it's how animals do it the in the wild. Is real. They use the stem as a handle, yeah. and then it's just like boop, open it up on the bottom. There needs guys, to be a, a a big campaign guys, to change the way America peel, eats bananas. Yeah, peel your banana from the bottom. Yep. Uh, and I also <laughs> learned from you because I was prepping some fruit the other day for my smoothies, and I I do a big mass like fruit prep, and then like freeze them and stuff. And as I was cutting. Honeydew, I noticed that if you thinly slice the f- the flesh, it kind of looks like salmon. And so I had this brilliant idea of like fruit sushi. And you're like, oh, yeah, fruit sushi. That's a thing. And I was like, God damn, I hate when I invent something and it's already been invented. Yeah, he comes in the living room. He's like, yeah, it looks like salmon. You know what you could do with it? And I'm like, fruit sushi. Yep. I was feeling properly chuffed. <laughs> As our as our friends across the pond would say, and then you're like, oh yeah, dummy. They already like it's a thing. Cue the sad trombones. Yeah. You yeah. walk away back into the kitchen dejected. Here I thought I had like this great idea for like this viral post on our feed, and you're like, ah, eh, no. Clearly, like, you haven't been on Pinterest. No, at I have all. Not. Fruit sushi. <laughs> all right. Before we dive into this book, uh, Cook with Me by Alex Gornishelli. Today's show topic is best food films. And we put this question out to our followers and we got a ton of submissions and it was, it was great. So thank you for that. Um, why don't we start with some of the submissions that came in via Facebook? Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Jennifer B from Facebook said big night and classic. Yep. And Chocolat. Classic. And I think, and I think delicatessen absolutely does count. I mean, people are food, but I mean, yes. there you go. Well, you know, a, a side note to that is uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, got the idea for the cannibal butcher in the movie while living in an apartment above a butcher shop. And every morning at 7 a.m., he would hear the metallic clash of knives followed by a voice that would shout, chop, chop. And his girlfriend was joking that uh, the butcher was down there chopping up their neighbors and that it would be their turn next week. 
And so there you go. I think I'm it a- qualifies as a food movie. I remember the first time I saw that movie, I was just like, it's dark. It is. I sh- I guess I should have expected what was to come because I saw City of Lost Children, and you know that's equally as dark and really weird. And but you know you yeah. don't you you don't expect to see some guy with a cleaver sitting there in his head or what have you. And then we had another vote for uh, Chocolat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike T said uh, Babette's Feast. I have never seen that. Which I was going to say the same thing. I have not seen that. So it's definitely going on my list of, of stuff to check out. Um, Alton Brown actually said it was one of the uh, best food films of all time. Okay. So we'll have to check it out. All right. Good suggestions. Uh, Joseph P. Hi, Joseph. We love you. We miss you. Yep. Um, said Goodfellas, which I... I know. The whole cooking scene with the thinly sliced and garlic. Yep. I will never forget so, it. So stirring the sauce right? while the helicopters are flying overhead. I mean... Yeah, it, it, with the scene with the mom, like making them dinner. Yeah, after they just hack someone a oh. bit. <laughs> I mean, so many of these suggestions that came in were choices that I would have picked mm-hmm. as well. And then that's definitely one of them where uh, just such a classic food movie that just wonderfully incorporates, uh, you know, food in it. Um, a little bit of trivia on that movie. When you Henry love Hill, your trivia. Oh, I love it. When Henry Hill brings a bag of supplies into the jail, he hands the wine bottles to Polly, and then he picks up a bottle of scotch and two jars. Um, in the next shot, he's holding bread, mysteriously, and a different bottle of scotch and two jars. Did you go on IMDb? And I did. <laughs> I loved. I loved all the little film trivia that they include with those. You're so cute. So. Um. Tracy, you said Le Grand Buffet. Yep. I've never seen that one either. No, and I was reading about that. A 60s film, I believe. And it's basically these men uh, convene in uh, France and uh, kind of make a pact to uh, die by gluttony i guess <laughs> so there's sign me so up like the whole movie i mean it, I, it apparently it's kind of intense it's it's a lot you know okay. but it's but it's just uh excess both you know culinary uh what would you call like sexually i guess yeah. you know excessly yes there you go that's a much better way to put it but uh that's another one that's going to go on our list because it apparently is kind of a classic um, Melissa G said nine and a half weeks, and I know exactly for which scene yeah. she's talking about. That was very erotic. Yeah. And oh, young Mickey Rourke, hello. When he was recognizable, <gasps> he was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not you know not necessarily thought of as a food movie, but then when you go back and rewatch that that long scene, uh, it makes sense. You know, it's like. It, Great way to incorporate food into a movie and definitely very memorable. So, and then honorable mention this is an this is a rarity. So, for those of you that want to seek out something, uh, you go to YouTube and there's a movie from 1969 called Winter of the Witch. And there's a scene where <laughs> this witch who's 
staying with this family makes uh, like kind of psychedelic pancakes and it's got the true, uh, you know, 1960s special effects after they take a bite of the pancakes that apparently have some secret ingredient that she won't reveal. But he he showed me the clip and and I think the secret ingredient is probably LSD or something. (laughs) That would be my guess. Um, Let's see what else. Spirited Away. That's one that I've never seen either. Yeah. Animated movie. Sounds like Food is kind of a central theme in there as well, so you might have to check that out. Uh, Danny S. said chef, which, yep. hello. Another yeah. vote for chef. Um, Ratatouille. Yes. Plenty of votes for that. Uh, Tempopo, which I have not seen Mm-mm. either, so that's another one that uh, we're going to have to check out. Uh, a, a vote for Julie and Julia, kind of mm. an obvious choice. Yes. Classic. Um, you want to go on to your picks? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, and give me... Uh, Gimme Meatloaf said Big Night, yep. which should go on anybody's list. Yep. Um, okay, so for my picks, and I'm kind of surprised that no one no one uh, picked this. Um, the Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Well, it's probably for the same reason that people were afraid to nominate <laughs> Delicatessen. <laughs> I mean, the whole film was just so dark and... Sexy, like I love that the the characters and the like the the costumes would be whatever color the room was in. The food was really erotic. The costumes were were by Jean Paul Gaultier. Okay, um, and I did not know that. Yes, I remember. See, I watched it a long time ago, and I remember my mind just being blown. Yeah. And just the whole huge tableau, like the long table of revelry and all this. It was like, like, just. That's got to be available to stream somewhere. We're going to have to look that up. For a long time, it wasn't. And it was not even available on video. Wow. Like you couldn't get it anywhere. But now I'm sure it's like not that big of a deal. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my pick. Okay. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which I was kind of surprised that no one chose. No. I mean, it's such a food is so prominently featured in throughout the movie. Maybe people just don't think of candy as yeah. like, proper I mean, it might food. be a little bit of a stretch, but it's it definitely like, you know, central theme and you can't really even have that movie without featuring, you know, food yeah. and stuff to eat. So, um, what else do you have? Um, like water for chocolate. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I feel like maybe I made you watch this with me at some point. If you I, did, I don't remember. I apologize. Maybe there was wine involved. Probably. No, there would not have been wine involved because there were subtitles. And we know better than to watch a movie with subtitles when we are drinking. Lesson learned. Um, uh, basically, there's a young woman who is destined by um, just the way the system works that she is going to be the single woman who is the caretaker for her family and her sister ends up marrying the man that she is in love with and when she cooks all of her emotions like go into her food there's there's one scene where she makes the wedding cake for the wedding and she's crying and crying and at the at the wedding like all the guests eat the cake and they take on these emotions and they just start crying and then there's wow. another really beautiful scene where she's 
What is she making? It's I feel got like a, I would have remembered this. I don't think rose, I've watched this. I want to check a, it out. It's got a rose sauce. I think it's like a quail. It's a quail dish with with like a rose petal sauce. And it is so deeply erotic. Like the, the, because she was feeling this way when she was cooking. Uh-huh. And uh, please go see the movie. It's, you okay over there? <laughs> I'm fanning you wanna, myself. You want, a, you want a hot towel or something? <laughs> Cold towel. <laughs> no, that's a, that sounds fantastic. I don't. I have not seen that. That sounds like something I would definitely have remembered if I had seen it at any point. So we're gonna have to check yeah. that out. Uh, I got one. Okay. American Pie. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I I started shooting. Leave it to Johnny to bring some levity to the conversation. I started shooting him the Manson lambs. Like, yep. what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, how uh, seriously though? Here's one: cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yes. Right. It was so adorable, and that was one that no one recommended, no, which no. I was kind of surprised by because that was one that initially like came to mind. Well, I think. Also, we don't watch a lot of like Disney Pixar movies because we do not have kids. Yeah, but we've seen like Ratatouille and stuff yeah. like that. So, speaking yeah. of which, Ratatouille, yes, also up there. Yeah. I love that. Did you know that it was Janine Garofalo who was playing Colette? No. Yes. Oh, Patton Oswalt. Yes, in as well. But I love that. Like, like they had the best attention to detail. Like, just the tiniest attention to detail. Like yeah. Colette had burns like going up and striping up and down that's, her arms. That's what happens like, when you bring in like actual chefs to consult yes. on, and the the, kitchen, on the kitchen, the, the whole kitchen set up. I think, I think Thomas Keller did, did some consulting yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, it's, that is my favorite food movie of all times. Yeah. Another one. Let's see. I also liked chef. Yep. Um, the, one of the things that I really liked, one of the things that I really liked about it was like the kitchen, just the kind of atmosphere in the kitchen when they were cooking, it was like all this like shit talking and yeah. what have you. And it's, it's how it is in a professional kitchen, yeah. you know, like. Well, that was another one where they had the sense to bring in, you know, I think it was Roy Choi. Roy Choi. Yeah, like, you know, to consult and well, make and, it and legit. Favreau, and, like, he obviously has a huge passion for food. And yeah. he does, you know, he has a show on, or I don't know if he still has it. The chef. But, so, yeah, we've watched yeah, that on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. yeah, that was great. So, but I think that's a... Oh, and Julie, Julie and Julia, yeah. obviously. like Classic. And Stanley, I love Stanley Tucci as Paul Childs. And hello, he was in The Big Night, too. So go, go, Mr. Tucci. Yeah. Uh, he's got a new food show coming out. I'm not surprised. I don't he's, know if it's out yet, but I was just reading about it. It's crazy because I feel like people on Twitter and stuff have been thirsting over him. Like he'll make, he'll do these little videos of him making a Negroni and everyone's like, mmm, daddy, which that grosses me Wow. But yeah. Good for him. Uh, I've got one that I don't know if it qualifies strictly as a food movie, but I included it in my list anyway. Okay. Sideways, which is more of a wine. It is. But there's some food related scenes. And I mean, it still taps into that same kind of sentiment, I think, and, and, and how you know food or wine in this case can evoke these very specific emotions and and so i i thought it was worth mentioning i totally agree because 
people can get like really precious about food. Yeah. Which, and they, you know, and they use it to celebrate. Yeah. What is olive okay down there? <laughs> yes. Did she get into the cocaine? No. <laughs> cocaine. She's, <laughs> She's got the bully stick high. Yeah, that's what it is, actually. <laughs> we just gave her a fresh bully stick to yep. keep her quiet because otherwise she will sit here and be like, rrr, rrr. Yeah. She's not so silently no. fussing down by your feet. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's a great, great, great talk. Yes. Great, great conversation. That thank was you. a good one. Thank you, everybody, for your submissions. Yeah. That was a fun one. And and thank you because we have learned about some new movies that we need to check out. We've got a list. Um, all right. Well, let's let's jump in to Cook With Me by Alex Gornichelli. Um, This is one that we really enjoyed. We ended up making seven dishes from it. Uh, the book itself has over 150 recipes. Um, what would you say the the POV is on this one? I think it's just mostly stuff that she has grown up eating. Something she puts a little bit more of a twist on, mm-hmm. but some of it is just food that she grew up loving. Yeah, and or like, yeah. And I and I think the overlying theme was kind of you know the connection between food and family and the memories that are created and so mm-hmm. some of the some of the recipes were things like you said that she grew up eating or or maybe making with her family um, for those that don't know, her mother, Maria, who sadly recently passed away, was a legendary cookbook editor, and we've actually featured some of the books that she's been involved with working on, including the Zuni Cafe cookbook and The Joy of Cooking. Um, So a real legend in that field. And um, so you might say, you know, this was kind of in her blood. Absolutely. uh, To, you know, end up becoming a chef and doing what she's doing. Um, And but so, you know, there's that. And then... I think some of the other recipes were ones that she's kind of shared and Mm -hmm. cooked with her daughter and her Mm -hmm. husband and just how all of this kind of relates. So that that's kind of the theme of the book and, and needless to say, we enjoyed it. Um, You want to run through some of the stuff we made and maybe just talk a little bit about about Um, each dish. Sure. All right. Um, So the first one we did was a twice baked honey nut squash with brown butter and orange kind of classic fall flavors. Um, I would say this is a great way to kind of elevate a boring Thanksgiving dish. Yes. Um, I thought that the orange, I love the orange. The orange was a nice touch. It had a, just a little bit of brightness. Um, and, you know, squash, is, I feel like squash is quite sweet Yeah. already. I, I mean, this did have a little bit of um, uh, brown sugar, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it added a nice little bit of um, brightness and I love the toasted pepitas on yep. it that added uh, some crunch and texture and well and what you do is hollow out the squash shells and then all the filling gets like put back in those correct yeah well yeah you have yeah. to bake it you have to bake it first it's right. kind of like doing a like a twice baked potato like you bake yeah. the potato scoop it like out mix up your filling double eggs or burn. something yeah which we also made from this book. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, we did a mixed roasted mushroom with a miso dressing, kind of a one pan dinner kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a sheet tray dinner. Yeah. But unfortunately for us, when we photographed it, 
Oh yeah, we left off. We left off the uh, dressing, and I feel like we also <laughs> left off the, the seeds, the sesame seeds. Did we put the scallions on there? I think everything else made it on. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the time by the time we got done photographing it, we were like, "Oh crap!" But I mean, for the finished product that we ate, everything made it on the plate, yeah. and it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, we did a spicy hacked chicken, which I guess was kind of like a, almost like a Hasselback potato kind of thing. No, it's In the not. presentation, the way it was uh, sliced, I thought. Well. You disagree? I totally disagree because <laughs> for a, ha- like this was sliced all the way through. Okay. Hasselback is not sliced all the way through. Fair enough. But I do have to say, I can't tell you the last time I had like, unless it was fried chicken, like I haven't had like unintentionally cold chicken. Yeah. And it was poached. Yes. And so, and generally we don't usually cook with chicken breast. Yeah. Um, Cause it tends to get dried out. Yeah. But not as much flavor as chicken thighs. No. Just personal preference. But this was beautiful and it was, well, it was like super pale and mm-hmm. just, it, it was just very lovely and delicate looking. And then it had this really great dressing that, uh, uh, had a little bit of heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yep. And it was pretty easy to make. Samesies. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, yeah, let's... you you get into this All next right. one, Balmer. Beat deviled eggs. So I'm guilty of being seduced by the photos in these cookbooks that we feature. And so if I see something that just looks like a stunning presentation, then I get this idea whether a good one or not of, of making it and featuring it. So that was kind of the case with these beet deviled eggs. Don't ask the, him about the time that we tried to do floating food. Yes. Ugh. Not good. No. We will never speak of that again. No. So anyway, so these, these eggs, we the first thing we had to do was like reduce it in half because the recipe calls for like 12 eggs. And I didn't want to ruin, I wouldn't say ruin, but I didn't want to make 12 beet deviled eggs because we probably would not end up finishing them. So we decided to cut in half, go with six eggs. Um, the ingredient list requires that you soak the eggs in a jar of borscht. Um I ended up going with this concentrated beet juice that I found at the store, which, you know, it was fine. The biggest issue I think we had was with the filling mixture. The biggest issue you had was with the filling. (laughs) He can't maths very well. (laughs) Yep. So I, the filling ended up being really runny for some reason. And for some reason, too much liquid. (laughs) Cause he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't have the recipe. So, in an effort to save it, we started adding uh, tapioca flour by whisking that into the mixture. <laughs> and while it did thicken it up and allowed us to photograph the dish, yeah, it ended up it, because... having this very grainy, unpleasant mouthfeel, which kind of rendered the eggs inedible. So yeah. maybe we'll revisit this in the future. But eh. it, it was I mean, a... I, lo- I love the I love the whole like soaking the eggs in beet juice. I think yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just don't serve them to any guests. Well, I think I think like had it been made correctly, it would have been really yummy because I, I like I like deviled eggs. Yep. So, <laughs> well, you know, can't hit a home run every time. <laughs> uh, pork shoulder pizziola. Yes, that was a good one. That was probably my favorite dish from the book. 
It was, but we did have a little issue with it. Yes. Because the recipe calls for three cups of of uh, wine. Yep. That's a um, lot. It is. and it, But it, it was like uh, simmer it for this, like, like cook out the wine. It took a long time to cook out. We yeah. let we let that broth simmer for a long. And it was, a, if I'm being honest, it was a bit boozy tasting. Well, even yeah. after simmering that long yeah. and, and trying to reduce it. But I mean, that's a lot to try and reduce three cups worth. I know. I was like, I don't, I don't quite get this. So it, it like, I think we ended up doubling the the simmer time for yeah. that before we put the before we put the meat in there. And then we threw a little bit of fish sauce and ancho- anchovy anchovy paste. <laughs> it, yeah, it calls for anchovy fillets, but we have a little thing of of we have a little tube of anchovy paste. Yep. So got a little bit of funk from that. Um, and then the next day we went to a dessert route and we did a pear banana and dark rum tart. You want to talk about that? It was another beautiful photo in the uh, book that we were probably seduced by. I was, I know you were seduced by it because you picked it out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For some reason, I feel like the styling of the photo, they might have used like golden syrup or something because the glazy part of our tart was, our tart was super, super dark. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if they use golden syrup just for the photograph. Um, nonetheless, it was, I, I mean, it was very delicious. Well, the the tart had, the photo had this like really gorgeous kind of dark amber hue to it. And ours turned out really like more brown, mm-hmm. as you can like hear like all of barking in the background. So, yeah, so the the color... Had this like really rich amber hue to it. Ours did not. It leaned more like kind of dark brown and just not as 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 impressive uh, photography wise. It tasted great. It was really good. But also, uh, if you are two people, maybe don't make this because it doesn't last very long. Yeah. If you are gonna bring this somewhere, great. Yep. Cooked bananas make an appearance in the filling. Yes. It was really tasty. Um, we, we actually lucked out and found some, uh, is it Ferrelli pears or uh, Ferrell pears? Fiorelli? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, but, they're, but they're, they're the small little cute ones. Yes. Um, so you could just like chop them in half and. Yeah. And that made for a lovely presentation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a bit of a misstep if you're trying to replicate the photo, but taste wise, it was great. It was delicious. And the thing is when you were making it, because, because it, this was just something that he kind of took on all himself. So I like didn't hang out in the kitchen, wasn't really paying the miracle attention. Miracle it turned out. I know. And <laughs> but I was surprised by the bananas in there too. I was like, what? Yeah. And then lastly, we made a mold white wine. Yes. Which we had never considered before. Well, I feel like we kind of sleep on the like white wine drinks. Like we never make a white white wine sangria or anything. Yeah. And I do love the idea of like the white mold white wine. Well, I don't know if anyone else is like us where my wine preferences Seasonal, yep. yeah, change with the season. So in the summer, I'm all about the whites and the rosés. And then when it gets colder weather, I lean into the reds more. 
And uh, so this was this was a welcome little you know we we just never think of mold white wines yeah it was well, great and we worked on this book like I think it was like before Christmas yeah and we had we had yet to have a single snowfall or whatever I'm kind of feeling like I want to make it again since we have ten feet of snow over here yes. <laughs> A uh, little side note, the honey that's included in this will make your hardwood floors quite sticky <gasps> if you should happen to spill some of this beverage on the floor, oh, Miss Victoria. He... No. That was you. That was, was all it you. Me? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it was like almost no, an entire glass. No, I feel glass. like it was you. <laughs> it was not me. <laughs> and I helped clean it up. No. It was all you, my dear, but, my my lovely wife. Oh my god, we had to we seriously scrubbed the floor like three times in that area, yep. and then like under the coffee table, it got really sticky. I remember one day I just like pushed the coffee table out, and my fingers just kind of stuck to the bottom where it fell, and I was like, oh, <laughs> just, whoopsies. Just, just use caution. Whoops, daisies. Don't spill your drink. Yep. <laughs> uh, before we jump into our rankings. Uh, We'll go on to this feature that we have. Uh, most critical reviews from Amazon. Um, thankfully, this book has a ton of reviews, and they're almost all positive. Um, I found one one-star review, but it was more related to like the ebook version, so I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah. Then there was a few three-star reviews, and I selected the the best ones. Okay. For our for our topic of conversation here, so uh, Clark Norman. Uh, said three out of five stars, fewer interesting recipes than I anticipated. So he was he was hoping for interesting recipes, and he was disappointed. And he wants to speak to the manager. Like I, <laughs> there were plenty of interesting recipes. In I there. thought I thought she did a great job of putting some twists on some otherwise classic dishes. And like I don't understand. Do you want the Alinea cookbook or something? I, what are you expecting? I think you have to have the right expectations when you go into certain cookbooks I and, I and I don't know what you were expecting with a, you know, what's, what's the subtitle of the book? Something about home cooks or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know. No one's, no one's, uh, there's no foam no. <laughs> tweezers in this, in this book. Uh, okay. one more review. Here's another one. This, this one was anonymous. Was a little disappointed that this book didn't ship with a cover. I guess I was expecting a bit more from the recipes after watching Alex on television. To me, it seemed a little like, oh, I got a cool book too. But like I said, perhaps my expectations were falsely elevated. So I'm assuming they're referring to like the dust cover of a book. And I could not tell you the last time we've featured or reviewed a book that had a dust cover? I can tell you exactly what book it was. It okay. was the Zuni Cafe book, which is from how the 90s? long? 90s? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't... I that doesn't seem like a common... I, I think all of the major cookbook publishers probably realize like you don't want this loose dust cover attached to a book that's probably just going to fall off in yes. the kitchen or get misplaced yeah. or, you know, so like they just don't design... The book with a dust cover on it, and which plus, is smart. I feel like uh, like books without the dust cover can be so much more beautiful. Like you can have this embossed yep. stuff. You can have like metallic. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree. Dust cover. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, apparently, she's a fan of the dust cover. 
But I don't understand like the whole. To me, it seemed like, <laughs> oh, I got a cool book too. I don't. I don't. Well, number one, this is not Alex Gornishelli's first cookbook. No. So the comment made me believe that this person uh, was thinking that she was just cashing in on like cookbook author, celebrity cookbook kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't make sense of all this stuff. (laughs) Who knows with these Amazon reviews? All right. Uh Let's start with our uh, our rankings. Uh, first category being food, photography, and styling. Give it to me. Uh, five. Yes. I love the photos. Uh, they are courtesy of Johnny Miller, who I know we've featured books of his that he's been involved in in the past. He's a 2018 James Beard Award winner. He's got a great Instagram page if you want to investigate further. Um, lots of shadows. The hard light with the, I love like the mismatched glasses. Yes. And, and some of the photos were, look at me, I'm totally stepping on you. No, please. Um, I love like that the, the, uh, dinnerware, it was a mix of like modern stuff. And then as if you like ransacked your favorite antique store. Yes. And there was one that I completely loved it was uh, it was a photo of some little cookies, and the I know the one you're talking about. The the little platter had prints yeah. on it, and I believe yeah. There was, was there were some great food props in there, so uh-huh. I, I apologize. I do not have the name of the person that was the prop stylist, but um, there were some great props. Several of the photos had colored drinking glasses I, which and then I the way love. that they use the lighting you had these shadows coming off of those glasses but then just the fact that the glasses were tinted in some way would cast this nice you know hue over well and they had some plates like that too yes. and every time we go into into um into uh Secret treasures. I'm always like, God, I've, I just, I really do need to, I need to buy some of those glass plates, like yeah. the beautiful yellows and yeah, and, and, and the the way they styled all the photos really captured the dishes, mostly like prior to or during service. So they would have like spoons, forks, serving utensils in there, and it just created this this mood that was very enticing and inviting and. And it none stuck of the, with the theme of the book. You and know, the, none of the plating was like fussy. No, like there were no salad towers or any stuff like that. No. Uh, what'd you give it? I gave it a five as okay. well. Okay, awesome. Um, design and layout. See, I'm kind of, I'm trying to decide. Do I want to give it a four or a five? I gave it a four. Okay, this book has like 18 different sections yes. of recipes, which... I kind of love, and I love that she broke down the desserts into five different categories. Yes. And there is a, a category called the new meats, which is like cabbage and uh, cauliflower, cauliflower yeah. and eggplant. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, and there's a whole chapter divide, or, uh, dedicated to chicken. And yeah. there's another one for tomato sauce mm-hmm. or like tomato stuff and like, I loved it. Cool. And also, what I really liked was, 
in the method of cooking, mm-hmm. uh, each step was kind of like broken down separately, like roast the chicken and it would have, uh, you know, the method for that. And then it'd be like, make the sauce, like in very clearly delineated steps. Yeah. So you're not like, what do I do next? Yes. But, you know, so yes, I loved it. Excellent. I give it a four as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I've read some critique of the chapter selections kind of lacking a cohesion and it kind of expands on what you said. You know, there are a lot of chapters in here uh-huh. and there's a lot of dishes that fall under those different umbrellas. So, you know, if you're looking for strictly, you know, here's, uh, you know, quick, easy weeknight dinners, you're not going to find that in one chapter or something. So I, I guess like some people took issue with that. I didn't, it didn't bother me personally, but well, I, I, mean, I can see it's, it's valid criticism. I could do see have that. Like the one pan mm-hmm. one and done mm-hmm. section. Um, I loved the uh, section at the beginning of the book called My All-Time Ingredients. And it was basically just like pantry staples and, uh-huh. and things that Alex keeps on hand at all time. And there was like, you know, a whole paragraph about acid. And it talked about like not only like the vinegars and things like that, but, you know, your lemon and lime juices. And then there was like hot sauces and sour cream and just all these things that she kind of always keeps on hand to kind of elevate a dish or throw in something to boost the flavor. And it just got me thinking in terms of like what, you know, we do something similar and what we keep on hand. And that might be a future podcast topic because I think it's really interesting. Um, In the acknowledgement section uh, at the very end, she gives a shout out to dishwashers and short order line cooks. And I want to read, I, yes. I want to read this to you because Fuck this was yes. great. And I, and I thought it was very brilliant that she uh, acknowledged this. So it says breakfast shifts and washing dishes are the hardest stations to work in any restaurant setting. So next time you eat a perfectly poached egg on a warm, clean plate, think about it. Respect. I can tell you. If the dishwasher doesn't show up, your night is ruined. Mm-hmm. And they really are the unsung heroes of the restaurant yes. industry. And brunch, like doing breakfast or brunch, ugh, no, yeah. no. It's like, but yeah, you know. So thank yeah. you, Alex. That's that's really great. She's no dummy, right? She's a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. She knows. Um, Next category, degree of difficulty. I gave it a 2.5. I don't think there was anything that was like super chefy. No. Like, you know, it's, I think it's like pretty base, not basic, but it's like home cooking. Yeah. Um, But there are some, there are some uh, recipes that do take a lot of time. The roasted chicken pot pie, I'm looking at you. Like, yeah. You know, well, and I would say some of the baking stuff yes. requires a little bit more skills, mm-hmm. a little bit more involved. But I think for the non-baking dishes, um, I gave it a two. Okay, because I I thought you know most of the stuff you could easily execute if you had like a basic level of of skill. And yes, um, I mean this this book I feel is targeted toward the home cook, and so you know it's not gonna it's not gonna challenge. Uh, you know, 
skilled chefs or anything like that, but that's not really who it's designed for. So yes. Um, and then lastly, taste. What did you give it? I give it a four. Okay. Um, I think we've discussed with the individual dishes, like some things that didn't turn out either through just our own missteps or maybe just the, the, the one that comes to mind is that pork shoulder dish yeah. with the, with the wine that I just feel was like a little bit excessive. But yeah, that's um, the only thing that I had an issue with. Yeah. And just like, just kind of, I, but it, I mean, I guess if you kind of, if you tasted it and you'd be like, no, this is, this has to go longer. Yeah. And it, you know, but I don't know if like everyone you know, maybe someone would be like, okay, it it simmered for this amount of time. Yeah. Let's, you know, but uh, I gave it a four as well. Yeah. Solid so. book. Really enjoyed it. And, you know, one that we're going to hold on to, I'm sure. So, all right. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as our Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at We Cook Books. Uh, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thanks, Danny. And Thanks. he actually he actually contributed. He was the one that uh, at the beginning of the episode uh, talked about chef. Okay. Via Facebook. So thanks for that. Um, all right. You know what time it is? Joke time. time. All right. I got a good one. This is this kind of uh, expands on our previous podcast topic where we're talking about kitchen hacks. Okay. I got a good one for you. All right. How do you turn white chocolate into dark chocolate? Turn the lights off. <laughs> Follow That's me so for more dumb. kitchen hacks. <laughs> Follow me for more recipe ideas. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Be safe. Wear a mask. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you.